Hey, everybody. Let's talk about movies, shall we? Avatar is back in theaters, and some folks say it's still just as great. Director James Cameron says, get ready, because number two is going to be more emotional than the original. We're going to find out what our movie blogger Rick Forcheck thinks. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Raji. All right. Is Avatar the original worth watching in theaters again? Absolutely. Without question, it is worth watching in theaters again. It's a fabulous movie, and uh, it was fabulous when it came out in 2009. It will be amazing, I think, when its sequel comes out in December. And this, of course, is a good to get audiences back in the loop as preparation for the sequel uh, that's coming. Well, yeah, I think you need some help. So right now, in theaters, in this re-release, you can watch it in one of three formats. You can watch it in 2D, in 3D, or in IMAX. And uh, once again, you can experience the charm and the wonder that is Pandora, a planet with mystical and beautiful charm. And much of James Cameron's work on this film was in inventing new ways to do, um, to do uh, 3D and right. inventing new equipment, new cameras, new techniques. Uh, so it's an outstanding film. It's really worth watching. If you have never seen it, uh, it's a must. If you have seen it in theaters, it's worth going back to. And if you have not seen it in the theater, but only on streaming, uh, that's nothing compared to the big screen experience, Raji. Okay. And so the effects still live up to today? Because to be honest, I don't really remember the visual experience of it that much. Well, I sure do. Uh, What was different about it is that um, when you watch a regular 3D screen, you see what's on the screen. Uh, What Avatar was able to do was literally make you feel like you were inside that movie. Yeah. Like in your peripheral vision, uh, you were seeing the things that the characters were seeing. So uh, I felt that the technology was superb, and uh, Cameron has taken that a step further for the next um, the next movie, and there'll be three after that. So, yeah, I think it's really worth watching, and um, it's uh, fabulous technology. It's still a great story. In fact, it's even more relevant, I think, today, in today's world, than it was when it first came out, because this is a story of how people, human beings, uh, going to another planet, uh, treat the indigenous people of that planet. And the indigenous people are treated in much the same fashion that uh, white people treated indigenous people when they came to the Americas. And um, for that alone, although it was never meant as a political commentary, I think, uh, but for that reason alone, it's worth seeing to get refreshed as to uh, really what's happening and how it's happening. And Rick, do you think people, you, you said it's more relevant now than before. Is that because you think more people are aware of that dynamic between Indigenous exactly. people and the rest of the population? Absolutely. Mm. You know, 2009 was a long time ago in movies. Sure was. And, uh, things, things were very different in that world. So uh, this spoke then to a problem that many people did not recognize. And today uh, it speaks to a problem that people are acutely aware of. And we'll look at that and say, boy, this is really groundbreaking stuff. That's a good point, Rick. We're also talking about Clerks 3. How was it? Well, uh, depends <laughs> if you're a Clerks fan or not. In 1994, Kevin Smith wrote and directed a little film that developed a huge cult following and later became even more widespread. It was about two guys. They're slackers at heart. They were clerks in a convenience store. Dante and Randall, played by Brian O'Halloran and Jeff Anderson, and they spent most of their time annoying customers talking about movies and playing hockey on the roof of the store. Well, it's 28 years later, they are back, and writer-director Kevin Smith, who played the character Silent Bob in all the clerk's iterations, has taken a slice of his own life and written it into the script, where a heart attack comes into play. 
Now, Smith himself had a massive coronary in 2018, one from which 80% of those afflicted do not return. Since that time, luckily surviving the event, he's made many lifestyle changes. He's lost 75 pounds, evident when we see Silent Bob in this movie. And the storyline here, Raji, has the two guys, Randall and Dante, now in their 50s, they were in their 20s in the first movie, deciding to make a movie about the convenience store that started it all. Now, that store still stands in New Jersey and is still owned by the same family who happily made it available as the location for this latest movie. It's rated 14A and BC. It is an R rating in the U.S. Now, the difference between those is uh, parental guidance required if you're 14 or younger in BC. In the States, uh, parental guidance required if you're 17 or younger. Uh, it is a raw, edgy movie. There's a lot of bad language. And uh, if you're a Clerks fan, uh, this will work for you. If you're not a Clerks fan, you'll wonder what the heck they're doing and why they bothered, Roger. <laughs> and, Rick, there are a couple of dark movies on Netflix to tell listeners about. Uh, yeah, there are. Uh, there's Lou. Uh, this is a brand-new Netflix movie. Alice and Jen is the title character here. She's a woman living in a secluded space, having put her violent and notorious past behind her. Uh, she was working for the CIA, we learn, and uh, she's got those skills, uh, just like uh, Liam Neeson did in the Taken movies. And everything changes at the height of a vicious storm when a young mother, played by Journey Smollett, uh, encounters Lou begging her to help find her young daughter, who's just been kidnapped by the ex-husband. Risking more than just their lives on the rescue mission to find the daughter, both Lou and the mother are forced to reveal dark secrets from their respective pasts. It's set in Washington State on Orcas Island, actually, but the entire movie was filmed in British Columbia, most of it around Euclid. We're getting enough rain for the storm scenes was no problem at all. Uh, Logan Marshall Green and Canadian actor Matt Craven also star in this action film with crime overtones. I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was great or incredible or fabulous, but it's a, a good way to spend a couple of hours and uh, quite formulaic, but uh, a good movie nonetheless, and that is Lou. Okay, and there's another one out that's also dark. <laughs> Uh, which one are you talking about that's dark? Uh, well, other dark ones. It's been a it's been a dark time in Netflix. Uh, oh, yeah, Netflix <laughs> late. Yes. It really has. You're talking about you're talking about a jazz man's blues. Yes. Uh, yeah, this one stars Ryan Eggold. He plays Dr. Max Goodwin on the TV series New Amsterdam. And he needs a cast that follows an investigation into a murder with elements of forbidden love, of deceit, and a secret that comes out and threatens to destroy all who are involved. Now, Tyler Perry's a one-man show here. He wrote the script, he directed, he produced, and he had his film studio create the movie, and it was shot in his home state of Georgia. The racial overtones in the story can't be ignored as he puts his actors through the challenges found in this very intricate story with a soundtrack right out of the juke joints in the Deep South. Now, the rating is 14A on this one, and that is on Netflix. It's called A Jazz Man's Blues, Raji. Okay, and as you look forward to fall, do you think more folks are, we're already in fall, we just started, but do you think more folks are going to be heading to theaters or do you think people are looking to stay home and get cozy and just stream stuff from home? I think people will go to theaters if the product is there for them to see. Now, we haven't talked about Don't Worry Darling, which opened this weekend. It'll be the big movie for the weekend. Mm -hmm. That's the Olivia Wilde produced film. And uh, this one has uh, racked up some good box office numbers the first two nights that it was in theaters. Uh, it's done quite well. It's a dramatic mystery with sci-fi overtones. And I think uh, that's the answer to your question. Uh, if you put together a movie that, uh, regardless of the, uh, the backstory, uh, is worth seeing, that people talk about it, word of mouth is good about it, folks will go to theaters. If you put together a movie that nobody really cares about, you know, they'll stay home. 
uh, because we have that option now. We can just wait a few months and we'll see the thing on streaming. Uh, with Don't Worry Darling, the backstory, the production story, was a lot more interesting almost than the story itself. Because oh, of yeah. Allegations, yeah, allegations of all kinds of inappropriate behavior uh, leaked to the press, including Director Wilde having an alleged shouting matches with some of her cast members, even reports of a steamy affair with the film's male lead, singer, now actor Harry Styles of the boy band One Direction. Uh, so all of this, Raji, uh, makes for a film that uh, I thought was interesting, but I was disappointed in it because so often uh, movie script writers come up with a great original idea. The director takes this idea, brings it to the screen, and then they can't figure out how to end the movie. So they just sort of say, OK, we'll let people figure out this ending. That's my problem with uh, Don't Worry, Darling. You should worry, darling, if you want to know how this movie ends, because it does not end well and doesn't make very much sense in terms of its ending. So I found that disappointing. Uh, the rest of the movie, really worth seeing. So uh, be prepared for a disappointing ending, and maybe that's just me, but be also prepared for a great uh, visual film, very well directed by Olivia Wilde, and well put together. But that ending really bothered me, Raji. It's nice to hear that it was well directed, but I have to say that the backstory, all the lines of drama going on behind the scenes that's been unfolding, that has been the focus of attention for this film rather than the content in the film. And it's actually really put me off. Now I don't know if I'm going to bother watching it. Well, a lot of people have said that. And um, I was listening to a couple of reviewers uh, on national public radio out of the U.S., and uh, they set that aside right away. They said that backstory stuff, all that is, is there for is to stir up interest in the movie. That's all manufactured. Uh, but uh, in your case, um, that kind of interest in the movie is a downer, not an upper. And I think yeah. uh, many people might feel that, although, again, the box office numbers have been very good. So this one will, this one will make its money back. It'll do well at the box office. Okay. Thanks for that, Rick. Okay, Raji.